Hi everyone, Win Claybaugh here. This week's Classic Masters features one of my all-time favorite people. Gino Stampora worked his way from hairstylist, distributor, and sales consultant to being the successful owner of multiple salons and beauty academies and a major platform artist. As an industry expert and speaker, Gino brings his humor and passion to every event making each person in the audience feel like he's connecting directly with them. Get ready to take notes as Gino shares his five steps for reinventing yourself and learn how to skyrocket your personal and business life to ever higher levels of success. Then share this with your friends and visit mastersbywinclayba.com to sign up for our mailing list. And remember, Master's podcasts are also available on your favorite podcast platforms. Now, please enjoy my hero, my mentor, and my very good friend, Gino Stampora. Hi, everybody. Wynn Claybaugh here, and uh, I've looked forward to this day for a very, very long time because I'm sitting with a good friend. He's not just my good friend. He's a good friend of the entire beauty industry. He's my good friend because in the very, very beginning of my career in wanting to have a voice in the beauty industry to make a difference and to inspire people, I needed some strong, strong mentors. And the thing I've learned about the beauty industry is people are pretty generous. You know, people don't hold their success a secret. They, they share everything. And this man absolutely was was one of the first to do that for me. And I'm sitting here, I'm already emotional. Uh, thank you I'm so sitting much. here with Gino Stampora. <laughs> How are you? I'm glad you're listening. <laughs> How are you, Wynn? And thank you very much. Thanks, Gino. Mm-hmm. We were just discussing that this is either Gino's fourth or fifth time being on Masters. And the first time was 20 years ago, yes. over 20 years ago. Yes, it was. When we first started, the first issue was Vidal Sassoon. You were the second issue with Trevor Sorby. Right. Trevor and, and Gino. Right. Wow. Exactly. What a career you've had. Yes, indeed. It's been wonderful. Uh, just a little simple hairdresser and came from a very, very wealthy, educated family. Oh, I wish. Yeah. I wish. Came from a very poor, nothing family yeah. where, I don't know, you know, I, I look back at beauty school and think, isn't it funny how you fall into something and you have no idea. I really only went to beauty school to meet all those girls inside. Right. And then all of a sudden realized, wow, this is who I'm meant to be. I'm meant to be a, a hairdresser. And I think you know some of my history. I I was never a talented hairdresser. I mean, I, I still don't think I do a great haircut, but I've always had a great a clientele and an incredibly astounding career in the industry. And I think it's really because, you know, like you know, when you find someone who who I say all the time, my heart of hearts is in the beauty industry. When you find someone who really develops a love for what they do, they're successful uh, no matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to read a little bit about who Gino is. You've been featured in, in every industry magazine from Modern Salon, American Salon, Salon Today, Nails, Nail Pro, Day Spa, Launchpad, but also in consumer magazines too, Glamour, L. You were a, a cover model for Glamour? Actually, not exactly. Okay, okay. <laughs> Well, what, what was the article in, in like Glamour, L, the New Yorker, Washingtonian magazine, and others? So, what were the articles that you would do in those consumer magazines? Well, Washingtonian uh, is close to my heart, and right. I used to do the editor's hair when I was uh, in beauty. In, in Isn't Georgia. it amazing the context that you have within the beauty industry? Uh, unbelievable. Hairdressers yes. can to get to anybody. Yes. 
You know, because because you know, I I had the privilege of working with like Betty White and Dolly Parton yes. and people like you know. Do you call their agent? No, the agent's job is to say no. Absolutely, I called their hairdresser. Yes, indeed. The hairdresser got me yes, to those indeed. people. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny. We're here talking about making life matter, and uh, I look at my industry as uh, I learned pretty much everything I needed to know about really being a good man from my clients. Just from talking to having a great clientele and learning from them, how did they invest? How did they make money? How do they stay together? How do they keep relationships? How do they stay positive? How do they stay focused? And I used to make so many notes when I would keep an actual binder in my drawer. And every time a client left, I would make notes on them. This is how I want to be. This is how I don't want to be. This is what I'd like to learn. This is what I don't want to learn. This is who I want to learn from. This is who I want to model myself after. And I tell the audience, all the time that my financial freedom actually came from learning how to invest from my clients behind the chair. Wow. Yeah. Well, you probably had the best of the best sitting in your chair. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Okay. More about Gino. So you made a major contribution to the beauty industry in many ways. You've owned, managed, and worked behind the chair. You own two beauty academies. You were also an instructor. You have been a distributor, a sales consultant to salons, a major platform artist, Gino can't keep a job, apparently. <laughs> uh, an industry expert, you have consulted for manufacturers. You're on stages all over the world, working with organizations such as the Professional Beauty Association, International Beauty Systems, International Chains Salon Association, National Cosmetology Association, Cosmoprof, Intercofure, Chicago Cosmetology Association. It goes on and on and on. And our listeners are, are going to get to know who you are because of the incredible career that you've had. You're also the author of Success Dynamics, which is an academy textbook. Even though your bio is reading heavy in the beauty industry, you and I talked about this, that this issue of Masters is going to be universal. Yes. So if you're a flight attendant and we have flight attendants that subscribe to Masters, this is for you. Yes. If you're a, a CEO, if you're working for Hyatt, We've got CEOs with Hyatt Corporation that are subscribers to Masters. So this is going to go out to everybody. And again, I can't think of anybody who's best for the job. Have you noticed that when you speak outside the beauty industry, they all want to hear about your hairdressing stories? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it, Hairdressers are interesting people. It's so show business sometimes. Right. And, and, and I think that they do. Uh I think everybody or most everybody somewhere in their mind would love to spend a little time behind the chair and be that hairdresser. And plus, you know, we're lucky that uh, in our industry, you can make a lot of money, but you can have a lot of fun too. And you can learn a lot. You know, it's a fun industry. We're about having a good time. And I think, you know, when you talk about the idea of this can go out to everyone, uh, it should go out to everyone because I think everyone deserves to have uh, not only a life that matters, but really a fulfilling life. And it's easy to get lost and caught up. And I think many times being kind of what they say, chained behind that chair, you learn from your clients what to be and what not to be and what to do and what not to do. And they really keep you from stepping into a lot of the puddles that most people step into, especially if you listen. Right. Yeah. Well, one more fact about Gino is that you in 2009 were inducted into the North American Hairstylist Awards 
Hall of Leaders, which is a, a big thing. Congratulations yes, for that. Th congratulations to you, too. You were uh, inducted also, I believe. Yes. I was. Yes. yes. I was. Yes. So we're in good company. Good company. Good company. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, we're in good company with many other, uh, I think, beauty professionals that have dedicated their life to, uh, to the betterment of our industry. And that's a priceless thing. Yeah. No just doubt. A little side note, too. We're actually in uh, Orlando, and I'm just to the public grateful to you because you volunteered your time here. You're going to be in front of 2,000 of my future professionals tomorrow. And I am so grateful for that. It is an honor to be here and be a part of this. And these wonderful people that uh, take part in CAPER, everyone from top to bottom. It's just astounding to see how these people leave. Uh, you sent me an email not long ago and said, we will be changing lives. And I believe that that's something people like you and I do every day when we get out and speak and talk to students about uh, getting away from where they are and really getting into where they could be. And I think that's a very universal message. I think most people spend so much time in where they are that they lose the opportunity to get into where they could be or, or what they could do. And I remember many, many years ago hearing a man speak named Mike Vance, and he said, Gino, if you could just become aware of your complete potential. And I remember that that spun around in my brain wind for probably a year till I began to realize that you know, there's a myth about intelligence. I mean, I'm not even a high school graduate, let alone a college graduate. I'm a lucky man who fell into beauty school and, and found a career. But as I began to do hair, I also began to realize I'm certainly not a dumb guy. You know, people are so much smarter than they allow themselves to be. And sometimes it starts that that light bulb goes off when you give yourself permission to be as smart as you could be and start taking advantage of life. I mean, I think you know that I love to gamble. Um, I love Vegas and I love going to casinos. And I tend to be a very lucky man, but I, I really do believe that you create luck. You, you have to go in with that lucky attitude. And there's a saying in gambling that says you can stack the deck cards in your favor. Uh, I personally believe you can stack the deck of life in your favor. Well, we've decided that we're going to call this issue making life matter. Yes which is a great topic. You know, I can, from the stage, ask a thousand people, how many of you believe that it's our God-given right, every person on this planet to be happy? And every hand goes up, and then it's like, including you? Yeah. And if not you, what's going on? Yeah. Where, where did you yeah. get off that train? Yeah. Where did you stop believing? Yeah. So making life matter. Yes. And, you know, I did believe when I was young that uh, it was going to be okay as long as I paid attention. I mean, we had, a, uh, I had five sisters and no brothers. I often laugh with my friends because I wore my sister's hand-me-down so much. I look back in life now and think that my fourth and fifth grade teachers must have looked at me, pointed me out and said, he's going to be a hairdresser. Look at him. He's dressed in all the girls' clothes, you know, and they never realized that that was all I had, you know, that kind of thing happening. But, you know, the speed of life is so fast today that you can easily get so caught up in who you are and what you do that you don't have the time to think about who you could be and what you could do. And I think that occasionally the, the greatest perspective to have or the greatest thing to reflect upon is let's just every now and then once a week or so get away from where we are and what we have and what we're doing. Let's just spend a little time thinking about who we could be and what we could do 
and what we could make and how we could create a better life. Uh, I have a, a letter that I brought with me that I think I asked if I could read. I think you'll love this, Win, and I'm going to share this uh, tomorrow on stage with all 2,000 of your students, but I'm also going to recommend to them that they bring a copy of it home and share it with everyone that they know. And the day that I found this letter online, I have to apologize. I don't know who wrote it. However, I had it copied and sent it to all five of my sisters and said, we all need to commit to reading this every day, and I'd love to share it with you if it's okay. Please, please. It's, uh, the letter is... I am deserving. I deserve all good. Not some, not a little bit, but all good. I now move past all negative restricting thoughts. I release and let go of the limitations of my parents. I love them and I go beyond them. I am not their negative opinions nor their limiting beliefs. I am not bound by any of the fears or prejudices of the current society I live in. I no longer identify with limitations of any kind. That's the first paragraph. Let me share. When I read that first paragraph, I thought, I will no longer be prejudiced against anyone for any reason as long as I live, that all people have value, that all people matter, that all people have hearts, and all we really want from each other is, I'd like to help your heart sing if you would help my heart sing. Mm -hmm. And that's really the, the best thing and best part about life. Now, also, being a, a high school dropout, I questioned my intelligence, and I questioned that my parents had negative opinions about me for a long time until I realized that there's a myth of intelligence. People put limitations on themselves, and they just don't realize how smart they really are and how much they could do and how much they could be and how much they could have. And we have the bulk of our society win that really focus on all the things they can't control. And as a result, they give up the opportunity to focus on all the things that they can control and that they can change, that there are things you have so much power in to, to create a better life. I hope that makes sense. It does make sense, which is why, for some reason, I've always been drawn to mentors and teachers who have had to overcome something physical. Yes. Like today with us and who will be speaking tomorrow on stage with us is yes. Cedric King. Yes. Who's a double amputee. Magical. Magical. Yes. Because I look at him and I, I don't know how I would handle that. Oh, and, I I, and I'm inspired by somebody. But same thing with Kathy Buckley. And yes. the message that they send out is don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. What are you going to do with what you have left? Right. And I look at them and think to myself, how could I ever say to me that I'm having a bad day right. or that things aren't working well? Or how could you not have such a great attitude? And, you know, I try to tell most people, you don't realize how lucky you are just to be healthy, you know, and just to be able to walk a little bit and be able to do things. But people tend to take things so much for granted and it's easy. I mean, I remember a period in my life when I was so caught up in my own issues I never even took the time to realize that other people not only had issues, but that there were so many people that had so many issues, so much worse than mine. Right. I think the hardest lesson to learn that's really the most wonderful lesson in life is get away from your own stuff and help somebody with their stuff mm. and find how quickly your own stuff disappears. Right. You know, that's I mean, the law of the universe. Yes. You know, and you talk about how we shouldn't take it for granted that we have physical health, but even mental health. Of course. My gosh, mental health. There are so many people who suffer. Yeah. 
which is such a, a taboo to even talk about. Yeah. And yet people who do have good mental health or have the capacity for happiness and clarity will toss it aside by subscribing to violent films or negative reality shows. Like they will gamble with their own mental health and happiness by doing something so stupid as exposing themselves to that. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And you know, for me, what kept me sane, I think, and kept me straight was to immerse myself in my work, which I know you have too. I mean, we've followed each other's careers for so many years. And I think when you immerse yourself in your work, when you find that there's value so much greater for you to provide to others versus looking internally to look externally, it can make all the difference in the world. And that's a big, really big part of making life matter, of having that self-worth and self-esteem, of of building that own self-worth. And you know, we both were friends with dear Vidal Sassoon. I remember uh, not long before Vidal Sassoon died, I, I asked him, were you ever challenged by a customer? I just couldn't imagine him being challenged by a customer. We're challenged every day, Buck. And he said, you know, I was challenged by a customer the last day I cut hair. That a customer actually asked me, do I really know what I'm doing? And I thought to myself, especially those of us in beauty, but many of you that aren't in beauty that do work with people, you're going to be challenged by people if you work with people. And if that being the case, you've got to take responsibility for building your own self-esteem and self-worth and not going into what they're challenging you about, but really looking at the fact that you have what it takes and, and you know who you are and you know what you are and you can't let the badness or what I call bad juju infiltrate that. You follow? How did Vidal finish that story? Did it make him question his own no. skill set? He said he actually thought that that was important enough to stop, put down the shears and the comb, turn to the woman eye to eye, get down to her level and say to her, Madam, I've taught this haircut thousands and thousands of times. I believe I could do this haircut blindfolded, but I don't want to scare you, so I'll just complete it now. And picked up his shears and <laughs> went back to work. Oh, my gosh. Well, there's a master for you. You know, wow. we're, we're talking about masters. Wow. Uh, and, you know, uh, uh, I think you and I both spend a lot of time trying to teach people how to master their lives, how to master their careers. And one of the things I try to tell our industry is if I can help you to think like a master beauty professional, it will trickle into every other aspect of your life. Once you master one thing, you begin to look at how do I master my life? How do you even become a master shoveler of snow and a master in your yard and a master painter? And it really does trickle in. And I believe that mastering starts just right between your ears. And one of my great mentors, speaking of mentors, was the late Jim Rowan. And Jim Rowan used to talk all the time about you're going to suffer the pain of discipline or suffer the pain of regret. And I don't know how many years I knew that, but it just dawned on me in my early 30s that it was time now to suffer the pain of discipline and get away from the pain of regret and learn that discipline is the glue that, that holds it all together, that you've got to have the discipline to help you get out of your own way. What what was the personal discipline that you had to suffer through, so to speak? Oh, so much, Win everything. I mean, I was fairly uh, an out-of-control guy. I think when you grow up poor, when as soon as you have a little money, all you want to have is fun. 
and <laughs> fun takes priority. Right. And it takes a while before you realize that if fun takes priority, uh, you're going to suffer that pain of regret as you move along. Uh, it's better to look at becoming a master of what you do to take priority so that uh, you have the money, the good feeling, the time to have fun hmm. in a different way. Please finish this letter or continue on yes, with this letter. Yes. Uh, paragraph two is, in my mind, I have total freedom. I now move into a new space of consciousness where I am willing to see myself differently. I am willing to create new thoughts about myself and my life. My new thinking becomes new experiences. For me personally, that paragraph reminded me that I spent my first 30 or so years thinking I had people fooled. And if ever they knew who I really was, I wouldn't have made it. And then all of a sudden, it began to dawn on me that it's me that I'm fooling, not them. And how do I turn that around and really get me to believe in in me and the fact that I do have a purpose? Everyone has a purpose. I, I wonder how many people listening to this feel that way, that one day they're going to figure me out. Oh, I think they're, they're sitting in a big office or they're, yeah. they're oh, one day yeah. they're going to come in and say, you don't belong here. How'd you get here? You're not deserving. You're yeah. not smart enough. Yeah. Wow. And we are. You know, yeah. we are all deserving of a great life. And the best part about that win is that every one of us has greatness within us. And my good friend Steve Cowan taught me many years ago that the word education was derived from a Latin word called educ. And that Latin word means to bring out of, not to put in, that that educ is to bring out of. So I think the key is we're all deserving of a great life and we're all so much smarter than we actually allow ourselves to be. And we all live with this fear, or most of us do, of, oh my gosh, if they ever got to know me, I wouldn't make it. Uh, But the reality is that you do have a purpose and there is greatness within you. And I think the most important question in the world is, how can I enhance my life and career and make them more rewarding? What can you do to make your life better? What can you do to make your career better. I have one of my three children who I think are our greatest accomplishment uh, mentioned to me one time that they were very much like me. And I said, well, somewhat, Um, but we are different in that you let your life unfold. And I would never do that. I don't let my life unfold. I unfold my life one day at a time. Every day matters. Every day has value. There's something to learn every day. There's greatness in every day. There's great opportunity in every day. I mean, look at us today. Look where we are. Look what we're doing. Look at our long-term friendship and how much we've helped each other over the years. And that's the equity of life. That's the big part of life. And I said to them, you wait for memories to occur. And I don't do that. Mm. I create memories. Mm. I will create a memory today. I will create memories tomorrow. I will create and forge great friendships tomorrow. Mm. And I will add to the lives of every person in my audience tomorrow that will actually take heed to my words, not just hear them, but take heed to them. That's so funny you talk about memory because uh, that's often a debate in my household. Are we going to spend $300 on a pair of shoes or are we going to spend $300 on an experience. Exactly. And sometimes the debate is, but the experience is gone. We have nothing to show for it. I'm like, oh, we have a memory. Yes. We're creating a memory here. The pair of shoes doesn't create much except something more in the closet. Yes. Yes. You also said something earlier about education means to draw out. What a great message for anybody who's a, a teacher listening to this. And by the way, we're all teachers. If you're a parent, you're a teacher. Yes. If you're uh, in the service industry, 
serving anybody, you're, you're a teacher, we're always selling something. And to be able to draw out of people, draw out your, to have the belief that, that they're already brilliant and my job is to help them uncover that. Exactly. What, 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 what do they say? It's, it's not how smart you are, it's how you are smart. Exactly. So you're smarter in a different way than, than I am. Yes, and vice versa. Yeah. Absolutely. So we are momentary mentors to each other, yeah. you know, at all times. Yeah. Absolutely. The third paragraph, I now prosper in a number of ways. The totality of possibilities lie before me. What a great sentence. The totality of possibilities lie before me. I deserve life, a good life. I deserve love and abundance of love. I deserve good health. I deserve to live in comfort and to prosper. I deserve the freedom to be all that I can be. Isn't that spectacular? Yeah. How many times have you read this letter? Thousands. Really? Literally thousands. Wow. I could probably read it without it being in front of me. Wow. And I still, at certain times, certain days, get chills. And mm. I still, on certain days, will get on an airplane and say, where's my letter? Hmm. Let me just... Because I think uh, an important part of making life matter, an important part of being win, is occasionally just stop and remind yourself of who you are. How often do you have to remind yourself that? Almost daily. Hmm. Yeah, almost every day. I, I remember there was a time in my life where I had been so miserable that I thought if I went to enough seminars on self-esteem or read enough books that one day I would never have to deal with that doubt ever again. That literally I could overcome that and I would never feel depression or sadness or lesser than ever again. And I sailed. I kind of... Wow. Uh -huh. I coasted for uh -huh. a long time uh -huh. and then all of a sudden one day something happened to me and it was like this tragic experience and all that fear and doubt was back and I thought, oh my gosh, I thought I had risen above this. I don't think you ever do. Right. I don't think it ever goes away. And I think one of the things I try to share with my close circle of friends is it's normal, human to get depressed. It, there's nothing wrong with it except that you don't want to get depressed about being depressed. So you want to be careful. That's the second mistake. Yeah, exactly. Right. When you get depressed, start start working on, what am I going to do to get out of this? How am I going to push on? There's always self-doubt. These are the things that will never go away. So because there's self-doubt, uh, you've got to train that brain of yours to show the self-doubt person that there's a person there that can overcome it, you know, right. that can drive beyond it. And many times it does take reflection. You have mm. to look at, wait a minute, what have I solved already in my life? What have I been through already in my life that I've gotten out of? You know, one of my greatest lessons to myself was, Gino, when you're in a hole, stop digging. <laughs> because my problem was, you, I know you're laughing because you get in that hole and boy, you just start digging faster. You start calling a whole bunch of people. Absolutely. My life sucks. Yeah. I know. I agree with you. Yeah, Your yeah. life sucks. Yeah. yeah, I know. Then you start looking for other people that are in the hole so you can right. all be in the hole together. And then all of a sudden you realize the hole is your comfort zone and all growth comes outside of that hole. And the hard part would then be there's so many people in that hole that want you in that hole with them. You try to get out and some people will grab you and pull you right back down, right? Right. Oh Unbelievable. Gosh. Unbelievable. So let's kind of break this down then. First of all, you said that it's important that you kind of get away to think about what you what makes your heart sing. What, what does getting away look like for you and what do you recommend to other people? Because people say, well, I don't know what makes my heart sing. How do you coach them? 
I think that, again, the speed of life is so fast, it's difficult. And when I say get away, it could be 20 minutes in your car. It could be just pulling the car over, shutting off life, and just for 20 minutes, talking with yourself about who am I, what am I, what am I capable of, what am I capable of doing? And I think a great question at that time, in my weekly observation of Gino, every week I stop for a half hour or so and just look at me, I always ask myself, what is it I don't know? that if I did know, would make a difference in what I'm trying to become. Say that again. What is it I don't know that if I did know, would make a difference in what I'm trying to become? So give us an example of that. First, that's how I end every day. I lay in bed and say to myself, Gino, what is it you don't know that if you did know would make a difference in what you're trying to become? Many people develop frustration because they can't get to a place they're trying to go. But the reality is, they don't have the knowledge to get to that place. They don't have the map drawn out. They don't have plans. They haven't figured it out. They're just hoping to get there. And even though hope is a good thing, hope alone is not going to take you there. You have to stop, have that time of evaluation, and then ask yourself, what is it I don't know that if I did know? In other words, you know, we live in the greatest country and the greatest time of all times when you can download a book on your phone if you want. You, you can download information. I just saw Rowling's uh, Harvard uh, presentation for the 15th or 16th time I have on my phone. And I constantly look at her where she talks about failure is not a bad thing. Failure is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And if I could tell you how many times I, I failed and how many people told me that I wasn't going to make it, I actually keep a letter in my bag a letter to, for instance, if we were going to associate you, if I was to say to you that you're a genius and I was going to use a name, what would you call a genius in a name? What would his name be? You'd say you're a, who would that be? A genius. Oh, oh, Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson, Albert Einstein. There's people out there that we associate genius to. Right. I have a letter in my bag to Albert Einstein from mm -hmm. his professor in college telling him that he wasn't smart enough and hadn't earned the right to be a professor, that his paperwork indicated more of an artist and less of a genius, and that he wasn't going to be a professor. And I thought, wow, even Albert Einstein had setbacks where people questioned his value hmm. and people questioned his level of intelligence. What we can't do is we can't let those setbacks shut us down or even make us go on too long of a delay. I think a setback is a great time to look for a good book mm -hmm. or a good video or a good idea or a good person, a good mentor, uh, someone to help you get away from that thinking and drive you into newer thinking. So it's important to begin to look at not just controlling the mind, but understanding that there's knowledge there that can free us mm -hmm. from many of our challenges. Do you have this happened to you because it happened to me people come and see me and then they come and see me in a year say oh i've been waiting a year to see you again and i'm asking so who have you seen in the last year nobody mm -hmm. like you haven't connected with any of your mentors in, yeah. in over a year yeah i'm connected with my mentors multiple times in a week yeah our mutual that's how desperate i am oh i hear you our mutual friend when uh, john mccormick uh one time i saw john speak for about a six hour program and uh, it was phenomenal. He is a phenomenal man. And uh, a few months later, I was back in Texas and John was speaking again. I was outside the room and somebody said, do you want to go in and hear John speak? I said, no, no, no. I heard him a couple months ago for six hours. 
and they just looked at me with a spellbound look on their face, and I didn't go in the room. And then after the program was over, I met John for lunch, and John looked at me and said, you, you didn't come in. I said, well, I'd heard you before. He said, do you think, considering who and where I am, that, that that's all I know? Is that six hours? And I bet I turned every shade of red. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And, and realized, you know. Uh, <laughs> you got busted. Big time. Huh. Big time. But you do begin to realize that there's so much more to learn, you know. And I think for many people, and I see this as such a key issue, especially with you and I working so much with artists, and that's this. Uh, an artist tends to do and not think. We tend to be very right brain motivated. And we work much on reaction and not enough on response. And when you react, that's 100% emotion. Mm. If we can learn how to respond more, to respond is emotion mixed with logic. It's thinking a little bit. When you react, how often is it a mistake? <laughs> how so often much. do you regret it and think, sure. wow, well, I have to go clean that up? So much. I mean, look at how many people are aggressive drivers. And instantly react to something and then become maniacs. Or uh, one time I read an article about most of the men and women on death row were people that reacted instantaneously and did something that they regretted for the rest of their life. And, and we'll say for the rest of their life, I would have never done it had I thought about it, hmm. had I thought for a minute. Hmm. Yeah. Let's continue on this journey you have. So you say, learn to love who you are. I think it's paramount. That's where it starts. No matter where you are, and no matter how big or small, no matter how tall, no matter what, you really do have to come to grips with the fact that you'll never love anything or anyone more than you love you. And it isn't like you're born with it, Win. It's like you have to develop that love for yourself. Now, now discipline helps, respect helps, and being fair and being honest and, and being integrated helps, but... Uh, you've got to start where one day you look in the mirror and say, I'm just going to love me right now for all that I am and for all that I'm going to be. You mean after I lose 10 pounds? No. That's when I start? No. Huh. That's what you don't want to do because you may never get there then. There may always be an obstacle that you'll put in place of that. You've got to start today. To I think that the three greatest loves that equal success in life is to love you endlessly. What about people who say, well, that's ego? Oh, it's ridiculous. It's not ego. Not at all. No. Ego is your mind. Love is from your heart. Okay. There's a big difference. I think there's three main voices that we hear. The voice of your heart, the voice of your head, and the voice of your soul. And the voice of your soul certainly is the wisdom that all of a sudden comes out of you that you're surprised that you had that. Uh, the voice of your heart, that's the voice you need to follow. And I, you're talking to a guy that it took me a long time to realize I was driven by the voice of my head. I was driven by ego. I was driven by that. That that was my battery pack. And little by little, I began to realize that the, the real battery pack, it's, it's your heart. Heart first. What was it that happened to you personally that helped you start to realize that? I couldn't say. I don't know. Maybe just life. People ask me that a, a lot of times. Maybe just life. Maybe just maturing. Maybe just listening to all those people. I had so many people around me when that had such confidence in me that I, I had such a lack of confidence in myself. I really had to borrow theirs huh. to develop mine. Maybe it's because when somebody has so much uh, thumbs up because they're pretty or they're talented or because of who their parents are, 
they don't have to go through that process sometimes of developing mm-hmm. their own wow. confidence so. and self-esteem. And Yeah, yeah. Oh, very interesting. But I think it's important to work on, not just accepting you for who and what you are, but then it should become a bit of a daily process, Win, that remind myself that I love me. You know, I often say on my Facebook page, which by the way, if you're not on, please get on Gino Stampora. There's an inspirational quote on there every day, a great driving quote or a little story. Last week or the week before, I said, I can't believe at my age that I still have to remind myself of who I am that I I can't let myself be foolish enough to do the things that I know I shouldn't do, yet I do, you know? And I have to sometimes stop and just remind me, remember who you are, remember what you're capable of, remember the love that's in your heart and get that love out and share it. You know, don't overlook another person. Don't not smile at an individual and look them in the eyes. You know, every person matters. Every person has value. It's what I live by. One of my mentors said that every person was sent straight from central casting. They're in your life for a reason. I love it. I love it. They're not there by accident. They were meant to be in your life. Sometimes it's for a second. Yeah. As you pass them on a sidewalk, sometimes it's for a minute on an elevator, and sometimes it's for 30 years. And, you know, you and I are a lot alike here. To walk through the halls of Caper uh, sometimes will take me an hour. Uh, because I want to stop and say hello and talk to every student and say, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you earned the right to come. And please give yourself permission to have your life changed. Go yeah. home different as a result of this. You know, it's just so cool to be a part of that and to take the time to... Years ago, a mentor of mine said to me that there are people out there that have a message for you. Find out who they are huh. and find out what they have to share. And it's made me be able to learn from the craziest people. Just this morning, waiting for you, sitting in the sun on this cold Florida morning, I watched a a mom with her six-year-old and four-year-old, and they both had their stuffed animals, and they're walking toward the uh, the waterfall, the little waterfall that's out there. And the mother said, would you like me to hold your baby? The little boy said, Mommy, this is not a baby. It's just a stuffed animal. Uh, But right now, my stuffed animal wants to see the waterfall and ran over to the waterfall. and, And I just looked and thought, these are the moments that make life matter. And these are the things that if we're not aware when, we don't even see that they're there. You know, you've got to learn to develop that heightened awareness and it really have full faith in the fact that there's a reason you were put here on earth. All of us. How do you develop that awareness? Habit, practice, making it a daily duty to look at everyone with value, to look at people, all people matter, to not allow yourself to be put in a place where you think you matter more or your problems are more worthy or you're more deserving. You know, everyone is, and it has to become a daily practice. You know, it's, it's like praying, you know, praying becomes a daily practice. You know, some things in life have to happen every day. You know, people say, and I'm sure you hear it all the time, say to me all the time, you lead such an inspired life. How can I do that? And I'll always say to them, you must understand that inspiration is very short lived. You know, if you get inspired and you don't do something about it, in a couple of days it goes away. It's like Alcoholics Anonymous. You, you don't go there three or four times and have them say, you're cured, you're done, you can leave now. You know, but I've got friends that have gone every day of their lives. For 30, 40 forever. years. Yeah, yeah every exactly. Day. Mm-hmm. It's like going to yoga one time. Yes, indeed. And then feeling, you know, wow, I'm there. You know, See, I have to write things down. So I learned recently from a mentor that the first email, because I can jump on and send out 100 emails in the first 30 minutes I'm awake because I have a lot to do before my daughter wakes up. 
right? And right. they said the first email you should send out every single day should be an email of gratitude to a family member, to a team member, to somebody. But there's a note on my computer because I'm not going to remember to do that. There's a note on my computer. I love it. Going to the gym is a habit. I don't need to write a note, say, when right. go to the gym. Right. That's, right. I'm okay with that one. Right. I've developed a good habit. That one, it's on my computer. So every I wake up... First email, who am I going to send it to this morning? I love it. On how similar we are, on my bulletin board, on a pink post-it, is a note that says, turn someone around today. Try to find that person that needs to be turned around. Just reminded that they matter. You know, turn someone around today. You say that we have to study relationships. What do you mean by that? I think it's important to take a good look at people and realize that there's a lot to be learned in studying relationships. Make them matter. You know, be worthy of your friends and be a great friend to your friends. One of the things that I love about myself when I read about me, not egotistically, but people tell me that I always talk about good things, that I'm known for all things good. And I tell people all the time, what else is there to share with others but all things good? You know, and yes, people are weird. You know, we're all weird. When some of us are weird in front of other people, some of us are weird when we're all alone, behind closed doors, but we're all weird. You know, a friend of mine said he hates phonies. I said, how could you hate a phony? Let's help a phony. At least they're trying to be somebody. You know, let's pull them out and help them. So I have a real thing about giving people the benefit of who they are. I don't want to judge anyone. When I take time to judge others, I'm losing time that I could be working on me. You know, and I just, I refuse to go there. So I just think it's important to put value on relationships. I want my friends to be proud of me. And I want to have everlasting relationships with everyone. I can tell you, and especially to the beauty people that are listening, some of my core dialogue that I have on my best-selling CDs is, we would say to every guest when they left, we believe in lifetime customers and long-term relationships in our company, and we'd like to keep you here forever. Just to let them know. That was the script. Absolutely. And you said it to everybody. Yes, indeed. That's what it's all about. That's how we closed. We believe in lifetime customers and long-term relationships. I'd like to keep you with me forever. Wow. Now, if you really liked them, we'd go on to say... How would people respond? Some people would look at you like, wow, it really does matter. When people know it matters, it makes a difference. Hmm. When people know it it matters to you, it, it, it makes a world of difference. If we felt comfortable enough, we'd say... If anything should ever happen between you and I that could prevent you from returning, please be honest enough to share it with me before you leave. I'm a true licensed professional. Wow. And I think it's priceless. You know, great dialogue is priceless. Yeah. You say live with a light heart. Priceless. Not to carry the past with you. Not to carry the things people have done to you or the things you've done to yourself or the things you've let be done to yourself. We all have had a rocky past and we've all had things happen that can drive us crazy if we let it, can stay with us if we let it, can drive us down if we let it. I think you've got to find a way to occasionally start over. Forgive yourself and forgive everyone else for everything. And start anew, have a, a new beginning, a new dawn, a, a new awakening. Clear your heart and keep that heart light. A few years ago, my little sister was uh, terminal cancer, and I was driving to Jersey quite a bit to see her. And one of my sisters said, you know, you don't have to come that much. Be careful, take care of yourself. And they said she wouldn't know if you were here or not. And I said, it's not about that. It's about me. I'm doing it for me. I want to be done with and have a light heart. I think so many people carry a heavy heart and then can't figure out why they can't move fast enough. 
Mm-hmm. And you can move a lot faster when you keep that light heart. Let it go. Mm-hmm. So important. How often do you share your failures with people? Do you feel like that's important to do? I do. Especially when you're talking about what you were just talking about, to learn how to forgive yourself and yes. to be able to move on. Yes, I do. To people that just look at you and say, well, Gino hasn't really been through much. Sure. Anybody who's made it, people will tend to look at and think that. Uh, you're lucky. Uh, you were in the right place at the right time. The reality is that uh, most all of us, you know, I heard a man say one time that uh, we've all been abused. It's called growing up. And I was like, wow, you know, how interesting, because in many ways, you know, I look at my childhood and I remember one time hearing about uh, with I think I was at a seminar and they talked about your let close your eyes, picture yourself walking through the forest. And as you're walking through the forest, you see a bench. And uh, as you approach the bench, it's a childhood you. It's you when you were six or seven years old. What is it that you want to say to you? Well, I've got my eyes closed and I'm picturing this. I'm walking through the forest. There's little Gino on the bench and I just burst out crying. Really? I almost couldn't stop, Wayne. And when I stopped, my, my instructor came over and said, wow, you know, you okay? I said, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. What did you want to say? I said, I just wanted to hug him and let him know that uh, he was going to be all right. Mm. Don't worry. You know, you're going to make it. There was a lot of worry. And I do like to share with people my failures because I think people look at you sometimes and think, you must have had an easier road. You must have chosen. And and it's not about that. You know, all character is built during the storm. Uh, I think that what gives people great character is people that have had great storms and great hardships. And I just had an opportunity to... uh, with a very small group, see the incredible Al Pacino speak. And, and he talked about how hard it was to take part in The Godfather and that in the first Godfather, he did it almost for free because there was no belief in him. And he said he questioned so many times his belief in himself, but he knew that that was the place that he had to be. I think we overlook sometimes that most people have a rough, rocky, up and down road you know, and you've just got to come to grips with, it's what you make of that road. You know, if you're going down the road and and somebody's coming up the other way saying, don't go down the road, the bridge is out, then choose another road. You know, don't just keep going down. So I think that's a a great matter, which by the way, leads me to, and you had talked about your habit of exercise, which you really have gotten phenomenal with. And I think it's important to have that habit to exercise. I think it builds self-worth and self-esteem. I think it's important to eat well. It's important to take care of yourself. It's important to begin to look at you in a different way. And I think that's where it starts when you look at yourself as a, you know, you are a temple and you do have a long road to take. And if you were an Olympian, uh, how would you eat and how would you live and what would you do? And I'm not saying that I live like or eat like an Olympian, but it does help me to be more careful and take a little better care of myself, you know, as I move along. I remember a mentor saying that uh, God loves a sinner. And when he was asked, well, why does God love a sinner? He said, because they're more interesting people. Oh, isn't that the truth? (laughs) (laughs) You say we've all been through stuff and it makes us interesting. Yes, no doubt about it. Well, I really do believe that all character is built during the storm. And I think that when you meet people that have tremendous character, they can usually uh, give you a pretty good shot of the past. Have you seen that recent study about how stress is actually a good thing? Yes. They were always saying stress is such a bad thing, remove stress. And somebody came along and said, no, stress is a good thing because it does this and this chemically within your body. It releases this and that. And 
So, because you talk about how see stress as creative tension. So. Well, there's a doctor from Canada called uh, Dr. Hans Selye, wrote a book many years ago called Stress Without the Stress. And he talks about the fact that the heart is actually built on a stress mechanism. That when, when blood comes into the heart and it becomes too stressed in one chamber, it contracts and that causes the blood to go to the next chamber. So with no stress, there's no heartbeat. No doubt about it. Uh, when I say to see stress as creative tension, it's important to put stress in perspective. And I talk about this on my uh, Achieving Salon Success CDs when, where you should make a list of the stress that you can control and the stress that you can't control. And then with that list, tear it in half and take the stress you can't control and throw it away. Don't let it consume you. Right, what would be on that list uh, that well, you cannot control? You can't control the weather. You can't control the traffic. You can't control sometimes being late. You can't control the response or reaction of others. You know, you, you can't condemn someone because you're thinking they got you to be or do something when you haven't. I think it was you that said all the time, uh, people are blank. Right. And then you cross out what you put down, cross out people and put you. You know, right. you are crazy. You make you insane. So... When you can focus on the stress that you can control, you begin to realize that much of that stress can be eliminated. And that that can't be eliminated, it's okay. Just see it as creative tension. Mm -hmm. See it as something that will help you be a better, more focused you. It's like when people talk about fear. At what point do you get beyond fear? You don't want to get beyond fear. Fear is a good thing. Not to be afraid of life or afraid of crowds or afraid of, but to understand that fear is there as a mechanism, sometimes to help you make sure you don't do the same thing twice. You know, you're not going to go near that hot stove a second time. Not a bad thing. Stress is very much the same way. But it's important if you want to be whole that you focus on the stress that you can control hmm. so that you can take charge of it and take ownership of some of it, some of it that we create. When I sometimes feel that stress and I'm thinking this is a bad thing, I got to get away from this. I remind myself, one of my mantras is, I'd, I'd rather be stressed than bored. Absolutely. I know a lot of people who are bored, and I, I don't want to be bored. So I, I can handle the stress. I can go have a glass of wine. I can go on a vacation. I can go sit on the beach. Yeah. I can play with my daughter. Yeah. I can I can do something about it. But And by the way, I know people who lay on the couch all day and they're stressed. I understand. Absolutely. And, you know, I try to always think of, you know, you'll hear about a person who was taken from uh, the world early. And uh, sometimes I like to keep that in mind, someone who was taken early from the world and no longer alive, that when my children will say to me, I'm so busy, I'm just going crazy, I would always share with them, it is better to be busy than not to be at all. Mm. And remind them, did you hear about the movie star that just passed? Or did you hear about someone that we know? And get them to have a different perspective, which, you know, I'll tell you, and I know that you're familiar with so much of it. It is so important, when to put your life, your issues in perspective and, and, and understand that most stress can be eliminated. Uh, that the stress that you can control, you can do a lot about. Uh, in an attempt to give you more room in your brain to think about what matters instead of how many days you'll wake up late thinking you're going to get to work on time and then create all the stress in the car knowing that you're going to be late. I think that that's so important that I like the idea of renewal and I don't mean to keep using that word, but every week or so 
just sit down and evaluate your lifestyle. Evaluate your thinking. You see, I think that the speed of life is just so fast today. We spend so much time thinking about who we are and what we do, we have no time to think about who we could be and what we could do. If every week or so you'll sit down and have that renewal process, put your life in perspective, kind of recommit. I mean, you know as well as I do that what we do at times for a living can be very difficult. In order to keep my level of passion alive after 30 years or so in the beauty industry, I recommit myself to my purpose weekly. I recommit myself to today. Tomorrow, I have the honor of speaking to your CAPER students. I can promise you immediately that tomorrow will be bar none spectacular and that nothing, nothing will get in the way of me and that audience. See, I have goosebumps. Wow. And I know some people listening to this are thinking, boy, well, that was egotistical. No, it wasn't. No. It's just that you, you come off stage with people, that was brilliant. Well, of course it yeah. was. I planned for it to yes. be brilliant. Yes. I rehearsed for it to be brilliant. Yes. I told myself it would be brilliant. Yes. This is not, you know, by chance here. No, no. Same as, you know, you know what I have to recommit myself to, believe it or not, and I'm going to admit this, that everything to do with my daughter is pure, pure joy and a pleasure. Yes. Because sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, okay, um, this can, is can, you, can you put yeah. her down tonight? Because yeah. I got yeah. too much to do tonight. Yeah. Uh-uh, I stop myself. I will never, ever complain or think that it's a chore or something that I don't want to do to spend that time an hour and sometimes two hours putting her to bed as we read and she does little shows for me and then wants to talk and doesn't want to go to bed and I will never look at that time as though it's a chore or a How bother. wonderful. But there was a time where I was going down that path. Of course. I was going down that path thinking, wait a minute, I put her down more than you did this uh, week. It's human nature. Yeah. That is human nature. But you know what? What you're saying now will make you a great father, a great person, and it will help you to live with a light heart. You know, and which I think is so important and so important in your life. I think that's a great story. I'm honored that you shared that on our masters because mm -hmm. I, and I know how long you waited and how hard you tried to get to that place. Yeah. 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 Just beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. You mentioned earlier that we need to learn how to respond more than to react. Can you give us some tips on that? Is it that you just sleep on it? Some people are really good at on a dime. They can respond on a dime, you know, and other people have the good habit of saying, you know what, I need to sleep on this. And I'm kind of like half and half. Sometimes I'm really good at responding yeah. And, yeah. and other yeah. times I have to remind myself, please do not respond to that email. Yeah. Do not, or write it, but don't send it or, right. or what. And I get it wrong a lot. Well, you happen to be a great thinker. I'd say the bulk of our listeners are artists and uh, the great challenge artists have is that, that we do stay in that right brain mode, which means we are actively doing and not thinking. The, the great tip to responding is to just get in the habit of stopping yourself and think before you speak. Never let your mouth open if you haven't thought about it first. You know, uh, I've made a career and a living out of teaching people how to talk in beauty, how to have the right dialogue, how to say things right. 
somebody commented last year on Bob Dylan and said that if ever you wanted to tell someone you love them, that the greatest way to do it would be to, to read them the words to If Not For You, that there's just no way to say it better. And I, I think that that was so pertinent because there are ways to say things exactly right. And I think if we could just develop the habit, the discipline to, you're getting ready to speak, think before you speak. Is there a better way to say it? When you think before you speak, you'll always respond and rarely react. You'll always respond to life. You'll respond to another person. You'll respond to an issue. So I think the greatest key would just be to get in the habit of thinking before you speak. Is there a better way to say it? Are there better words? that I could be using? Is there a better way to think this through? Should I be careful before I speak? Will this matter? Will it be pertinent? And I also think it's important in understanding the basic laws of communication. When you respond and you take the time to think before you speak, you're becoming known for a little bit more. You see, the only thing people know about you is what you share. And most people, if they thought before they spoke, would be very careful sharing certain things with others mm. because of where or how they might take them. Mm. So I think it's really important to get in that habit. Think before you speak. Don't engage that mouth until the brain's thought about it a little bit first. That would be the greatest key in responding. And I think the second and probably as valuable key would be to know that stress happens. You know, issues happen. Problems happen. Things are going to happen. You know, you're not going to have a week where you say, wow, every day's been beautiful this week. You might have a day that that happens, but you should cherish that day because it doesn't usually happen two days in a row. You know, stress happens. What did you say? You, you train people how to speak in beauty? Is that how you worded it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. want to know more about that. I mean, we know that in customer service, you know, yes. when somebody's says thank you, you don't respond with no problem. You know, right. the, the Ritz-Carlton doesn't say no problem. They say it's my pleasure. Yes. So, we, so we know that dialogue and we yes. know how that can help us make more money and be more professional. You know, there's the nine questions that leaders ask their people every single day. Right. That's, that's right. a little poster inside my, right. my bedroom because I don't want to react to situations. I exactly. want to be the leader that asks the right question to draw out the right answer, you know, I remember once somebody said, you know, don't always give them the answer. You know, you ask the answer, they say, I don't know. Well, the next question is, well, pretend that you know, yeah. what yeah. would the answer be? Yeah. Oh, well, if I pretend, but I had to train myself and yeah. I still to this day, I have to remind myself why I write it down. Mm -hmm. So how do you train people how to speak in beauty? Well, I think it's important, first of all, to understand that you are your conversation. So if you tell me what your conversation is, what you're willing to or have ease with sharing, that's what others know about you. So you can build how others see you, know you, feel about you by your conversation, which early on we said that I believe you should only share with others all things good. Well, the reason I do that is, listen, I've got a big bag of crap that I'm dealing with, and I know you do too, mm -hmm. and I know that everyone does. That's life. Mm -hmm. Here's my thing. What right do I have to share my big bag of crap with you? I know you've got your own bag. What would give me more pleasure, a lighter heart, and more value to you would be if I could maybe help you eliminate mm. a little bit of yours mm. and kind of forget about mine. Mm. You know, you follow? Mm. And I think that all takes place in, if it's not good, don't share it. 
If it's not beautiful, don't share it. Talk in, in good terms. You know, rain is good. Sometimes people can get depressed by a rainy day. And all it takes is for me to say to them, rain brings the flowers. Mm-hmm. You know, rain gives us water. Let's just look at this a little bit differently. Let's see, because it's easy to get hung up on, oh, here's what's happening. Why is this happening? Do I deserve this? You know, I think sometimes it's important to realize that stress happens, stuff happens, and it's not really what's happening. It's really what we're doing with what's happening, right? Beautiful. Yes. You also say that we should study money and finance. That's kind of a little diversion from what we've been talking about for the last hour. So study money and finance. Why did you put that one in here? Well, I believe it is somewhat of a diversion, and I think that uh, money and finance sometimes get a bad rap. And I think that some people don't like people that have money because they seem to be or act or, or feel different. But you know what? The reality win is that money makes the world go round. There are songs about it and everything. And uh, I think so many people spend too much time wishing they were rich, wishing they had money, wishing they were financially independent and spend nearly not enough time reading, studying, you know, someplace near your house, there's a big brick building called the library. Mm -hmm. And you're allowed to go there and borrow books. Uh, You can go on Amazon now and and get a book if you're Amazon Prime for free sent to your house the next day. I think it's important that every person learns you'll be better off financially if you study money and finance and learn how to get your money to make money for you. Learn how to be financially independent. Now, here's why I think it's so important that I shared with my children. I learned early on not to be driven by or make decisions based on money. For many years, that's how I'd made every decision. I'd like to do it, but I can't afford it. I'd like to have that, but I can't afford to. I'd like to go, but I can't afford it. I don't like this job because I'm not making enough money. I'm worth more than this. I deserve more than this. And then it dawned on me that, you know what? I do nothing to help myself understand finance and understand money. And I think it's a terrible way to live if you're driven by, I can't afford this or I can't afford it. I think that everyone in our country has an opportunity to be worth more. And where it starts is, how much do you know about finance? How much do you know about your money, where to put your money in? And what are you doing to help yourself, you know, get more, be more, and have more? It's a major key to life. You know, we study a lot of things. We study the things that we have interest in, gardening or music or whatever, but I don't think I've heard too many people say you need to study money and finance. Yeah, I think it's so very important because, you know, I think you have to have a quality of life filter. What can you do to have a better quality of life? One of the things you can do to have a better quality of life is is to study money and study finance. At the same time, if it's important to you, study it. I tell people I know, study happiness. You know, study being consistent. Study mastery. You know, read about mastery, study mastering your life, study becoming better at who you are and what you do. Uh, I think you're exactly right. And I, I think, think a lot of people important. think, well, like you said, study happiness. Well, you're happy or you're not happy. Yeah. What, I have to study? Ha- well, do you play the piano? Did you have to study? Yes. And sometimes you studied and practiced for hours and hours and hours. Isn't your happiness maybe a bit more important than your skill set in, in a hobby or an artistic 
endeavor? It's as simple as talking to people about attitude. And people look at me sometimes and go, I, I have no control. And I'm like, you can't say that. You Not only do you have no idea how much control you have, but there is absolute written proof that attitude will even affect your health and longevity. I mean, what more does someone need to hear to think about what do I... And I'll tell you, I keep with me when all the time. I always have a good book about attitude. Right. Just to remind me, right. you know, that's that even the man that teaches attitude, that sometimes I need a little bit of a reminder. And I think if you were to look at the Journal of the American Medical Association saying the most important thing you can do to stay healthy is to have a better attitude, yeah. have a more positive attitude. I don't know. It just astounds me that that there tends to be a, a large amount of people that do everything they can not to have a great life. My favorite book nowadays is uh, The Happiness Advantage. Have you heard of yes, Sean Acor? Wonderful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Have you seen his TED Talk? No. Sean Acor's TED I think it's like the most viewed TED Talk of all time. Oh, I'll check it it's out. It's hilarious. That's wonderful. But, but in 20 minutes, he just nails it. Uh huh. The Happiness Advantage. Spectacular. Yeah, but that's the stuff that we study. Oh, yes, And, and back, to, back to money and finance. What do they say? People who say that they don't care about making money would lie about other things I as well. I hear you talking. No doubt about yeah. it. So and, it's important to all of us. And, I and do, why shouldn't it be? Because you can agree. change the world with money. It gives you power in a good way. And I didn't say, and you didn't say, and we're not saying to be driven by money. That's not what it's about. What I am saying is if you could make, should make, could have could get more, then why not study it so you can? Yeah. So that you can do more. It buys financial freedom, which buys time freedom, which gives you more time with your family and, you know, yourself and doing the things you love to do. I can't believe it's already been over an hour here talking, so. I agree. Do, do, do you know, how, how are we going to wrap this? How are we going to bring this all together? And, you know, I just I just finished saying to you how I uh, I admire how well you've come along with masters, how you just have a, a great talent skill for bringing out the best information in people. And uh, you're just a wonderful Can I, can I tell you what it also is? I'm genuinely interested. Oh, I am. I I'm like you. genuinely interested mm -hmm. in, in how people think and, and how they believe and how they got to where they're at. Yeah. It's, this isn't, I don't oh, no. I find it, this a chore at all. Like I'm, I, I study and I, I get super excited to sit down and capture this with people. It's obvious when, and I'm mm. sure many of the listeners will agree that I look forward every time I see that master's in my mailbox. I can't wait to get it out, open it up, stick it right in the car and just hear what's the one thing someone might share that's missing in my world. What's mm. that one piece of knowledge that I get off of that master's? Uh, you know, that's what it's all about. It's about providing for someone that spark, that one piece of information, that little bit of energy that maybe they're lacking to get them to become aware of the things that they could do and could be, and how badly we need them. You and know? now I've got an archive oh, yes. of 20 years, people who aren't alive today. Yes. You know, I captured Vidal yes. Sassoon. I, know I captured did. Noelle DiCaprio less yes. than a month before she passed away. I yes. sat down with her for two hours. Yeah. And I think that she knew that was probably her last message to the beauty industry. And it was an incredible message. Yeah. And uh, there are so many incredible masters on the masters. I mean, it's just, uh, it's priceless. And I'll tell you, I, I don't know if many people do, but I find myself many times looking back in my library mm -hmm. and grabbing masters from a few years ago and just listening, mm -hmm. looking for what maybe I missed, you know, what could I learn? Uh, you know, uh, it's an honor. To, uh, to be here with you at CAPER. It's an honor to be again on this Masters. I hope those of you that are listening will give me permission to move you 
in a good and positive direction, especially those of you in beauty. I'm proud of you for choosing a career in such a phenomenal industry where where your opportunities are limitless and it can take you anywhere you want to go in your life. I just think it's wonderful. I guess I'd like to close by sharing with everyone that uh, you can change. Uh, It's not as hard as you think it is. People can change. People can strive for more. People can do more. I think uh, don't forget to understand the myth of intelligence. You really are smart enough. And there's an old saying that was going around that, that I believe is so very true. And that is that everything you need to be everything you want to be is already inside you. Mm -hmm. I think more importantly than that is to, you must live with the fact that there is greatness within you and your life is to bring that greatness out. It starts by developing self-confidence, but the true definition of self-confidence when is self-confidence is the product of knowledge. And when you know enough about something, you'll have that self-confidence. So in turn, what it's telling you is if you say you lack confidence, it's not confidence you lack, it's the knowledge that you lack. And if you can just develop that knowledge, you'll have that level of self-confidence. And you have control over that. Exactly. Totally. Totally. I think it's important to develop courage and trust in yourself. Trust in your industry. Trust in your career. Trust in your friends, your family, the people around you. And have courage to try something new, to step outside the comfort zone, knowing that all growth comes outside that comfort zone. And I think that that's such a major part of making your life matter. You know, so many people don't. They've been taught to strive for comfort. Um, I try to teach my children to strive for growth. I try to teach the people around me, strive for growth, see more and be more and do more, and have more and experience more and get out and live your life to its fullest, you know, on a daily basis, one day at a time. And then, of course, I think lastly for me, attitude is everything. It's everything. And I know that that is said, uh, the words come off my lips so easily. I don't mean it's easy, but I do mean it's everything. Your attitude is, is everything. It's never only the way you see out, but always the way others see into you. Mm. So it's important to keep those blinders, those doors wide open to let people see that you're human and that you have faults and that you're going to go out there and put yourself on the line to be everything that you can be. Thanks for uh, committing an entire life to helping people see what's already inside of them. And they have A given, daily reminder of that. They have given me back so much when they in turn have shown me what's inside of me. Mm-hmm. You know, who could be luckier than I am in the whole wide world. And I just, again, personally thank you because in the beginning of me, you were already a master at it and I wanted to do what you were doing. And I never felt competition against you. I felt it with other people, meaning from me. Like I put myself in a position of I'm competing against them. And for some reason, I never felt that way towards you. I never took that negativity and placed it onto you. It's simply because we both had a bigger calling. We both knew that uh, together we'd change an industry. We would help them. We would grow them. And I think if you have that in sight, the only competition I have is me. And the only competition you have is you. And I'm not only, as I've said three times already on this Masters, that I'm honored to be here. Uh, I'm honored to be a part of your dream uh, of seeing your growth, to see you walk up that mountain and do the things you've done with these 
these people, these lives, these are lives, these students, these are people that, and we're strengthening and growing just the greatest industry that, oh, gosh, who could be luckier than us, you know? Uh -huh. Here's to us. Here's to us. <laughs> and here's to all of you, by the way. And thank you all so much for your support and friendship and kind words. And uh, uh, I want to wish all of you greatness in this world, in this industry and out of it. Um, just be the best you that you can be. And that's the key to it all. That's, I think, the key to life. And I want to thank you, Win. It's truly an honor to be here. And I wish I could do a master's next month because I have so much more that I want to share. But you'll be hearing from me again soon. Thanks, Absolutely. Thanks, it's my Jim. pleasure. Thank you. Happy to be a part of it.